Welcome to the Back in Action Podcast. Are you a weekend warrior, a current or former high-performing athlete, or do you just have questions about what a chiropractor can do for you in a rehab setting? Here, we'll dive into the world of chiropractic and exercise rehab and how they both can be utilized to get you back in action. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Back in Action Podcast. Um... Some big news for this episode. Number one, this is episode 10, so we finally made it to double digits. Number two, Connor is back. He thought about taking his talents down to... (laughs) Thought about taking his talents down to Miami to pull LeBron, and then he was like, I'm back. I'm just, I'm staying true to myself. I'm staying with the homies, the OG group. (laughs) And then number three, we have a guest from Scranton, so I'm no longer outnumbered. So, our guest today is Miss Julie. Uh, Julie, I really don't know how to say her last name, to be honest with you, but that's all right. We'll let you do that. Um, but I'm going to give a brief intro on Julie. So, Julie um, is a performance physical therapist, strength and conditioning specialist, uh, owns her own podcast that's doing really well. I'm pretty sure she's sponsored now. I, I don't know. I'll let you touch on all that. Um, but, yeah, she played field hockey at the University of Scranton. Um Got her bachelor's in exercise science there, and then also got her doctor doctorate of PT there. So without further ado, Julie, take it away. Give us an intro and show's yours. Yeah, Bridget, I am so excited that you reached out to me. Nice to meet you boys too, but this is definitely going to be like the Scranton show. So in fact, let me see if I can pull this off the wall. My One of my roommates, we did like Secret Santa last year, and she got me this map of Scranton to take with me wherever I ended up. And it's, it's next to my desk. So shout out to the electric city. Um, so yeah, I am a performance PT sports, physical therapist, um, living just outside of Baltimore, Maryland, working for a company called true sports, physical therapy. And my kind of like my journey to get to where I am today, um, definitely started in college with being an athlete. I realized throughout my field hockey career as time went on and, I wasn't the superstar of my team like Bridget Mann was. I was a proud bench warmer. And every year, every practice, I just wanted to get better. I just wanted that little bit of playing time. And I worked my ass off for it. And as time went on, I never really got to that point that I wanted. And at the time, I was crushed. But what I realized once my athletic career ended is that what I really loved about being an athlete wasn't so much the sport of field hockey. It was the training. It was the hitting PRs. It was the crushing my fitness test. It was that shared experience of your teammates with you and having those like jitters. That's the stuff that I loved. And then I kind of let that carry me forward throughout grad school, pursuing internships and um, jobs in strength and conditioning. And when I realized that what I really loved was coaching, like I loved physical therapy. I was interested in what I was learning in school. But then after class, when I would go to the weight room and coach some of the varsity teams on campus, women's basketball was one of them in grad school. That's the shit that really lit me up. That's when I was like, this is what I want to do. And was lucky enough um, post-grad to find sports PT clinics out there that were really blending those two worlds of strength and conditioning and rehab. Um, And that's exactly what I get to do in my day-to-day, which is awesome. And kind of a side side hustle passion project of mine is the podcast, the Goal Set Mindset podcast. Started that about a year and a half ago, centered around mental and physical fitness. So 
some, some PT stuff sprinkled in there, a lot of mindset talk, um, just a lot of stuff about overall health and wellness that's kind of on my heart. And it's been a really cool way to connect with with people like you guys, just other people out there who love this kind of stuff um, and kind of just helping get out of your comfort zone too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so take us through like kind of what like daily encounters look like with um, with the patients that you see. Because I know like I see online all the time that you're always in, in and out of gyms and all that. So like kind of take us through just what a day in the life of Julie looks like from a PT perspective. Yeah, of course. So I'm super blessed in the company that I work for to be actually inside of a gym. So the true sports model is we don't have like standalone private practices. We actually rent space inside of already established gyms and sports performance centers. So most of true sports locations are inside of like sports performance gyms, think like speed and agility classes, a bunch of turf space, things like that. My location is actually inside of a CrossFit gym, which for me is exactly what I wanted. It's super cool. So you walk into the gym, you've got, you know, the racks and the barbells and all the things. And then we're kind of in the back with our tables, with all of our PT manual therapy equipment, and we get to use the entire space. So patient population wise, I'd say probably... 75% of my caseload is athletic individuals. Um, we see a lot of young athletes, a lot of post-ops. We also see a lot of just active adults, those weekend warriors, the CrossFitters, the runners, and most of those older patients that I see. And by older, I mean people like our age, just somebody who's not a teenager. A lot of those people have been through physical therapy before and come into me and are like, hey, I just, I really didn't think PT was for me. But my neighbor told me about this place and I figured I'd give it a try. So a big mission of mine right now is just like what you guys are doing with the chiropractic field. It's redefining what physical therapy can look like and really transforming from that that basic model of like you just lay on the table and you get like 15 minutes with the PT and you get some massage and do some bullshit exercises and leave. Like, no, this is different. Um so my day-to-day, -day, I spend 45 minutes with each of my patients. I do, you know, a couple evaluations a week typically, and then follow-ups. And I really, I get to to perfectly blend strength and conditioning and PT, and I'm loving it more every day. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Like we've got, we've had a couple of people on here that have just done a lot of coaching and like strength and stuff like that, but we've never really had anyone with more of like a CrossFit kind of. I wouldn't say focus, but experience. We have a lot of people with that. And I'll tell you this straight up. I'm not the biggest fan of CrossFit. I have some qualms with it, but I also can understand the the presence and the importance of it on a lot of people. Just with my personal experience, I haven't found a whole lot of coaches that are, I'll say, well-qualified and well-educated. But somebody from your, like in your background, and I know you have the, the coaching certificate, uh, like how do you go about kind of writing the wrongs of some of those coaches. Yeah, definitely. It's a challenge, um, Connor, I will say. And one of the best things about the CrossFit coaching platform is that there's a pretty low barrier of entry to become a CrossFit coach. You don't need to have a ton of education and pay a bunch of money, but that's also a weakness. You know, you can be somebody who doesn't have any background in exercise science or kinesiology or strength and conditioning and take that weekend course, pay the thousand bucks, 
and start coaching other human beings. And not just coaching other human beings, but coaching people on really complex movements. And to be honest with you, as a strength coach, as a doctor of physical therapy, I took that certification course and loved it, but I didn't even feel totally confident in like, hey, I could go be a full-on CrossFit coach now. So I think that it's important to, to do your homework. Like you mentioned, like find those coaches who, when you take their classes, they're going out of their way to kind of check up on you. They're able to quickly throw out progressions and regressions at you to kind of help meet you where you're at compared to that coach who kind of just posts up in the front of the class and is like, yeah, guys, so we're doing ring muscle ups today and you got to crank out as many as you can. Like that's where CrossFit gets a bad rep. And I think it's, it's an amazing exercise modality to help people reach health and fitness goals, but you're totally right. It, it comes with a lot of responsibility because it's very complex. So working in the walls of a CrossFit gym, I have definitely gone out of my way to establish myself as like, Hey, I am a movement expert. And I don't say that to be like, I don't know, condescending. Um, but at the same time, like we're here to help each other. You know, they know certain aspects of exercise technique that I don't. And I know certain things about biomechanics that they don't. So I am working towards kind of building that collaborative relationship of how can we help each other um, and, you know, ultimately provide the best service possible for the people in the walls of that gym. Not to stick on to the CrossFit topic, but um, so what are like the most common injuries you see with CrossFit athletes? Then, Because like, obviously, like a lot of injuries like are more dominant in certain sports. Um, so just in CrossFit in general, like I know it's a lot of there's a lot of explosive movements and things like that. So like, what is the most common thing you see? And then number two, what's like the most difficult thing or injury that you've faced so far? That's been the, just the most challenging for you to kind of cultivate a treatment plan to. Yeah. Great question. So starting with the CrossFit one, um, I'm really diving into a lot of continuing education around that population because I'm, I'm really vibing with them. I'm kind of feeling called to pursue that as a niche so from a research standpoint, the most recent systematic reviews <clears throat> show that the shoulder and the back are typically the most common injury areas for CrossFit. There's a ton of overhead movement in CrossFit between like gymnastics, rig work, um, handstand stuff, and then of course, barbell movements that go overhead. So the shoulder's in a vulnerable position, um, as well as the low back, you know, likely because of the heavy loads that are often involved in CrossFit as well as just a lot of volume. And we know that a lot of individuals who have back pain or back dysfunction oftentimes is related to weakness, like weakness of the back muscles themselves, weakness of the, the glutes and those surrounding hip and core musculature. So when you're doing a CrossFit workout and you're doing all this volume and something has to give, we oftentimes see that it's the shoulder and, and the low back. Um, but I will say also from a research standpoint, when CrossFit is matched up against other fitness modalities, and I'm talking like running, rec soccer leagues, rec basketball leagues, CrossFit injury rates really aren't that high relative to other sports. In fact, there's some research that shows that running injuries are more prevalent than CrossFit injuries. Um, so not to like defend CrossFit, but when done well with the right coach, with the right accessory work, it's it's great. It's not dangerous. And a post that I saw recently, and this goes for all fitness. Um, there's a physical therapist who I look up to a lot. His name is Mitch Babcock. And he made a post yesterday saying like seven out of 10 Americans aren't dying from kipping pull-ups. They're dying from chronic disease. 
like the evidence right now showing just how unhealthy our country is and just our world in general, why are we bashing fitness? Like, why are we bashing these things that sure you might get an achy shoulder or like you might flare up your back, but I'll take that over heart disease and diabetes any day, you know? So that was a little bit of a tangent, but big passion of mine. Um, Bridget on the topic of toughest injuries. I mean, I've been a PT for six months now, so there's definitely a few times that I'm like, like, okay, first time seeing this, I've got a patient, a young patient. Um, he's a 15 year old baseball player who has elbow pain and initially was diagnosed with ulnar neuritis. So had pretty significant ulnar nerve symptoms, you know, right into the fourth and fifth digit, very textbook presentation, reproducible with palpation and tenel sign and all this stuff. We've been working together for months and I've been sharing him with another, another coworker of mine and he's not seeing a lot of improvement. We initially screened for thoracic outlet syndrome. Things were negative and we kind of revisited that and he's coming up positive now for TOS. We're kind of figuring out, is it vascular? Is it nerve neurological? And, you know, in terms of this kid's mechanics, I mean, he's got this massive rib cage. He's super kyphotic. He's got this like barrel chest. He was just kind of dealt a shitty hand in terms of like, like structure. Um, but that's been challenging because we're working on like core strength and like thoracic extension, but we're also trying to calm the nerve symptoms down. And we're also working on throwing technique. So that's kind of the, the one that comes to mind when I think of most difficult. I know that's not CrossFit related, um, but just kind of what I'm seeing in the youth athlete population right now. No, that's awesome. And I love what you said about the the CrossFit stuff, because I, I feel like too, like I, I know to Connor's point, like it does get a bad rap and there's definitely some coaches out there that might not be qualified, but I love what you said in terms of, you know, we should be applauding people who are willing to be physically active and wanting to put their bodies through that because they, they see the importance of being healthy and fit and how much that can bring to them. So I definitely love what you said there. Um, but in terms of a question that I have is obviously like us three being Kairos, um, I'm sure we kind of go about our treatments similarly, but I'm wondering how you kind of address your treatments and like what that kind of looks like when working with like a patient. Yeah, definitely. It, it varies for sure. And one thing that I'm really enjoying is collaborating with other, other rehab providers, um, like chiropractors and seeing how much carryover there is. And I think a lot of PTs get like weird about that. And I don't know if Kairos get weird about that with PT, but like, I think it's exciting. Like, let's collaborate on this kind of stuff. Let's not like get territorial. Um, but I guess I would say a typical, like, like start to finish session with me will be grabbing my patient. I always start with at least three to four minutes of like true subjective intake. I definitely try to stay away from just jumping right into like, all right, get on the table. Like, let's just get into our usual stuff. It's like, how are you today? How are you doing? How was your weekend? Okay, quick catch up. And then all right. So last time you came in, you mentioned that you were having shoulder pain with pull-ups. Like how did, did you do any pull-ups? How did that go? How much pain was there? Really dialing in on like, what's the situation right now? And I'm amazed at how many people come in for follow-ups with a change in presentation. Hopefully it's an improvement. Sometimes it's something totally different. Sometimes it's like, oh, we're working on the left shoulder, but Hey, my right shoulder is kind of jacked up today. Like I want to know that stuff. So we always start there. I'm definitely, um, I'm a fan of manual therapy. I implemented a lot into my clinical practice. I'm a big and not or therapist. So there's a lot of PTs, especially in the sports world, 
who are like very like I don't want to say anti-manual but just kind of like dicks about it like oh that's not doing anything and like research does this and in my opinion if manual therapy techniques can take that irritability from here to here and just turn the dial down on that nervous system a little bit and allow the patient to then move better for us to then load them better why the hell not like throw the cups on do the tissue work do the manipulation so i with a handful of patients i wouldn't say everybody um i'll spend i don't know 10 or so minutes on the table doing some some hands-on stuff and then we get right into loading and you know it's it's hard to to keep this generalized but um with my strength and conditioning background i'm always thinking about how can i maximize this person's 20 30 40 minutes that we spend loading I steer clear from like the passive stretching, you know, I'm not going to like waste time, like stretching the hamstring unless it's totally necessary. I'm always thinking, what can the person do on their own, whether that's at home or in their own gym, let's not do that stuff. Let's do the stuff that truly requires skilled clinical care and focus that in the session. So typically it's like four to five to six exercises. Um, and then, you know, always adjusting the home exercise program each session based on what that person needs. Yeah, I, I totally loved what you said about the the manual therapy aspect. Like I can, I can see that kind of realm of, you know, you get those like uh, people kind of bash on manual therapy and like you said, like and or or, but I think manual therapy when used right can be a very valuable tool as long as it's with a company like loading as what you do. So that that's awesome. Um, sorry, I was going back and forth with Connor because we were arguing about who should go next to ask the next question. Um, so I'm going to kind of switch gears just a little bit, but kind of still on the topic of how you treat patients. So I know you're a big believer in mindset, uh, power of digging deep. Like we kind of went back and forth about that a little bit when we were talking. Just kind of take us through when you're when you're meeting, a let's say it's a new patient, you're meeting them for the first time. Do you set the tone right then and there in that first visit where you're going to say like, okay, this is the mindset we're going to have. Um, and we're going to stick with this going throughout this treatment. Or is it something that you kind of just progressively try to coach them into as the treatments go along? Yeah. I try to incorporate like mindset and motivational interviewing and really promoting patient autonomy right from the start. I think the way that we communicate has a really big role in that. And just little little body language things too, like not standing over your patient, being at the level of your patient, um, you know, introducing yourself like a normal human. I I don't really pull out the doctor tag a whole lot. It's on my business card. But when I meet a patient, I'm not Dr. Julie Brill. I'm just like, hey, I'm Julie. I'm a PT. I'm going to be working with you today. Little things like that to make them comfortable is kind of where I start. In terms of mindset, my big question that I always ask is, of course, what are your goals for PT? When I ask that patient what their goals are, I get a lot of information about where they are mentally. A handful of patients are just like, well, I don't want my knee to hurt anymore. Okay, great. Some patients will be very specific and say, you know, Julie, I'm signed up for the Baltimore Marathon in six weeks. And like, I really want to make that happen. When I get a specific thing like that, I make a mental note of like, all right, we're going to dive deep into that why. And there's a podcast I listened to a few months ago from a, a PT I look up to tremendously. 
If you guys don't know about the Institute of Clinical Excellence, you got to check them out. They're like, have taught me so much of what I preach. Um, but the CEO, Jeff Moore, did a podcast about diving into somebody's why. And this idea that nobody's true why is knee pain. Like when somebody comes into the clinic and says, well, well my knee pain, I want to get rid of that. That's not where we should stop. It's like, okay, so what is that knee pain getting in the way of? Well, I can't run. Okay, you can't run. So, you know, why is running so important to you? Oh, well, you know, I'm signed up for this 5K. Not only is the patient having knee pain, which is preventing them from running, which is preventing them from doing the 5K, but that's a 5K that they do with their family every single year. And his kids are going to be beside him this year. And he doesn't want to miss that. And you don't need to dive down these rabbit holes on day one, but there's always a why. And sometimes the patient doesn't know that. Sometimes they're not thinking about that. But each session, being intentional about getting to know that. And once you pull that out, it's like, boom, that's the moneymaker. That's where we're going to get the buy-in. That's where we're going to understand where they're at. And then the last thing I'll say on that, Bridget, is um, asking the patient like to kind of visualize what things look like in the future, especially for my patients who come in who are really like nervous and lack confidence and they're insecure. You know, I ask all my patients, what do they like to do for fitness? And a lot of my, especially like my middle-aged women, like women in their 40s and 50s, I'm like, oh, Julie, you know, when my kids were young, I used to go to boot camp and I felt so good and I was in great shape, but man, it's been years. And I'll say, Kim, is that something that you'd like to get back to? She's like, I mean, yeah, like, sure. And then I'll kind of ask them the question of like, Kim, I want you to picture yourself six months from now. It's, it's July of 2023. You are feeling great. What does that version of Kim look like? What does she do? What are her habits? Tell me about Kim in six months. And they get, they're a little like, uh, I don't know. And I say, think about it. Let me know, you know, when you know. And sometimes it's like a week later. And I love when that patient comes in and they're like, so Julia, I thought about it. And this is what I want to do in six months. Like, I want to go for that run. Or, you know, I want to um, be able to like play basketball with my kids. Like, whatever it is, I guess the short answer to this, to this long rant is um, make it about the patient. Mindset is all about it being about the patient, not about what you're going to do to fix them, not about what you know is best. It's about the patient every single time. Yeah. And that's something we, we touched on quite a lot. I know that we've had a couple of like talks about mindset and all of that and really digging into, like you said, finding people's why they might not know it right off the hop. They're like, they'll come in with, oh, my back hurts and all that. I want to, like, I just want to get rid of some pain, but really finding out kind of, it's like, oh, they have, like, they're taking care of their, like, of their sick parent. So they have to be in good shape for it, but it's not something at the top of their head that they really see as this is what I'm in here for. I'm not here just to fix my back pain. I'm here so I can actually do the things that I have to do and the things that I want to do. Now, I'm not much of a, an athlete. I'm the resident NARP of the group. So uh, <laughs> we have the thing where it's like, you're, they just want to be able to pick up their grandkids. Like they've got the grandkids coming next weekend and like grandma's back hurts. So this is a constant one. Back, back like he never left. Connor like with never the left. grandkid What was the, the shithousery? No, I like the shithousery. Uh, <laughs> I just called myself a like just a massive brick shithousery. That was about it. We're going to put that on a t-shirt. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, Connor. And I think it's really up to us as practitioners to initiate that conversation. Because like you said, when patients come in the door, they're hurting, they're nervous. Maybe they've been to like three or four or five other providers who haven't helped them. They're not thinking about these like super positive, exciting things. They're like, my back just fucking hurts and I want it fixed. So let's start there. Let's put that fire out. But let's also use these other resources around us, hopefully fitness, if you're like me, to show this patient what they're capable of. And sometimes for me, it is, it's that patient who is a little bit fear avoidant, who's a little bit nervous, who picks up a heavy kettlebell for the first time. And I don't tell them how much it weighs. I'm just like, hey, Bridget, we're going to do, you know, 10 repetitions picking this up. And then we're going to go hop on the bike and do 10 calories. When that person picks that weight up, the first couple reps, they're like nervous. And then they're like, oh, like, oh, that feels good. And then they're like, Julie, how much was that? They might ask me before and I'm like, Bridget, don't worry about it. Just, just go, you got this. And then I'm like, Hey, that was 53 pounds. And they're like, no way. That's sick. I didn't know I could do that. And then that's when they come in the next session and they're like, Hey, Julie, I had a lot of fun doing that. Like, do you think I could maybe like go back to the gym now? Yes, Bridget, you can go back to the gym now. So like, sometimes like we have to show those patients what they're capable of to kind of get those wheels turning and, and help them see what they're capable of. You know what I mean? You heard it here first, Bridget. You got to hit the gym again. Yeah. <laughs> so I went today and I'm so, like, I, I just waited like, or I skipped three days and oh my God, it's like, I haven't lifted in months. I'm so sore. All right. Off topic. Go ahead, Austin. You had a Well, you can try doing a move and uh, like, it's like an eight hour workout. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> um, Maybe changing topics a little bit, but this is something we've kind of touched upon uh, in previous podcasts and just like the educational system. So I'm kind of interested to see what you think, um, you know, the healthcare field and how it evolves and so how it evolved within the next, you know, like five to 10 years. And what do you see for, I mean, either for you as being a PT or just like healthcare in general? Yeah, big question. I try not to get too negative about the healthcare system because like, I don't know, like you can get really in your head about it sometimes and be like, damn, this sucks. Like we're just set up for failure. I definitely am of the belief that our healthcare system is much more a sick care system than a healthcare system. Like how much is our system really promoting well-being in our population? I don't think very much so. Now I'm 25, I'm young, I'm new to the profession. I don't have a ton of experience. So don't take my word as gospel, but I just don't see it going in the right direction right now. And especially from a physical therapy standpoint, you know, I don't know if if the same is true with you guys in chiropractic. If you're an in-network provider, reimbursement rates are decreasing year over year over year. And it's so discouraging because the cost of everything else is going up. And every year Medicare is like, oh, caught you a dollar. Like this is what we're going to give you. And then all the insurances follow suit. So to be honest, I think that the growth of cash-based services is going to continue to grow. And I know you guys have had some cash-based providers on the podcast. I listened to that episode and it's something that's in the back of my mind as a possibility for the future. I'm really happy with where I'm at right now. I'm an, I'm an in-network provider. Um, but if, a t- if the time comes where we're just getting, honestly, frankly, screwed over by insurance companies, and if it gets to the point that we can't provide that high level of care... 
And, you know, when I have a patient in front of me who needs to come to PT because they can't do that thing that they love, they can't do that pull-up and CrossFit class and it crushes them, their insurance company doesn't give a rat's ass that they can't do a pull-up. So you know what I have to say? I have to say, oh, this patient has trouble performing overhead activities. That's not a lie. A pull-up's an overhead activity. But you guys know we have to play this annoying, exhausting game of how we word things just to get the patient the care that they need. So if things get to that point where it's just our hands are tied, um, I know a lot of awesome out-of-network providers that you know have kind of mentored me on the idea of pursuing that one day. And I'm not opposed to that route. Um, and then the last thing I'll kind of say there is I love the idea of multiple avenues of health and wellness coming together to collaborate. You know, those places that exist that you've got the performance PT, you've got the strength coach, you've got the Cairo, you've got the nutritionist. Let's just have this very powerful ecosystem of health and wellness professionals where it's a one-stop shop where everybody communicates and it's all about you. That's where I hope the future of all of this is going. Man, Julie, you make me want to run through a wall sometimes. <laughs> like, like I'm fired up. Um, we uh, So we're running a little short on time, but we did want to, we already did a group vote. We'd love to have you on the podcast again. It was oh, a pretty thanks, unanimous decision within three seconds. So that was good. Appreciate um, it. But yeah, so real quick, I'm just going to read our viewers. Um, if you want to give Julie a follow, She's the goal set mindset underscore JB on Instagram. Um, and then Julie, do you want me, do you have any other info you want to give out to the viewers or anything where else can they reach you or if they have questions? Yeah, sure. Instagram is definitely the, the best way. I'm um, unfortunately addicted to Instagram. I'm on that shit all the time. So hit me up on the IG. You guys can also find my podcast, the goal set mindset podcast on all platforms. And I'm also over on YouTube. I'm starting to push out a little bit more content there. Um, you can just search my name, Julie Burrell, to find me over there. But all those links are in my Instagram as well. Um, so would love to connect with anybody and everybody. I think the more of us that kind of put our heads together and the more that we interact with other providers who have this similar mindset, like you just said, Bridget, it gets you excited. Like, isn't it just so empowering to be like, oh, there's other people out there who get it. And if we can continue to 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 inspire each other and lift each other up, we're not going to burn out of this profession because we have each other to kind of lean on. Spoken like a true royal from Scranton. <laughs> That's right, Art. baby. The best <laughs> Division Three institution on the East Coast. <laughs> on the East Coast, clarify that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. Julie, thank you for being a guest and we will be sure to have you on again. Awesome. Um, Thanks us. for having me. Yeah, no problem. Catch us next week. We have another guest coming on. Um, he's from the Mountain Time region, so that should be interesting for us to stay <laughs> up and record time. that. But, all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Cool, guys. Awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was dope. You are, like, super well-spoken. Thanks. Sorry if I went on a little too much i'm also oh, no. totally, oh, I love it it's totally great. running on e right now guys but my yeah. voice like i lose my voice every fucking day and it's because i'm so excited <laughs> i'm screaming at my patients like let's fucking go and then i come <laughs> home and i'm like ah. my boyfriend's like what did you do i'm like i'm screaming all the time oh, that's well, awesome. it was funny when you brought up the insurance stuff i was just looking at the guys and laughing because like in canada they don't have like really like huge insurance issues that like we have like the co-pays <laughs> At one point, Connor, when I looked at you and she was saying that, you were like, <laughs> <laughs>
Dude, yeah. it's so bad. It is so yeah, bad. There's, there's certain things where it's like, I have no fucking clue what you guys are talking about. Yeah, yeah it's I, just getting bad in the state. Like, even like, I don't know if it's like that in Maryland for you, Julie, but like, I know Highmark, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, like, that's like the number one provider for Kairos anyways. And uh, they, they're they like basically going to be cutting reimbursements in like half, which yeah. is crazy yeah i mean the system is driving everybody towards that cash-based route and there's a lot more chiros working in cash than physical therapists physical therapists i think are just so much more commonly seen as as that in-network provider um but a lot of pts are starting to step up and be like hey if massage therapists are doing this if chiropractors are doing this why can't we charge cash too and a lot of pts think it's like not ethical and not right and i mean hey if you're going to provide a high quality of care and somebody's going to go pay 150 bucks for like a spa pedicure and like a gel manicure, like might as well be paying that for some good ass rehab too. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'd love to talk to you again, especially if you want to like talk about that topic. Like I know, like we have some opinions on that and stuff too. Yeah. So. There's so, there's so much that was just waiting to be like dived into. Yeah. I yeah, don't no, think guys, we they, got into like a bunch of the questions that we yeah, had for you. That, so. tends to, that tends to happen um, a lot. I'm like, even when I host podcasts, like you, you, you do what you can. Um, I know we're running out of time. Definitely would love to connect with you guys again. And um, from a personal standpoint, you know, being a sports PT, love talking CrossFit, also love talking female athlete. Um, I'm going to be taking a course in upstate New York in a few weeks centered around pelvic health and pelvic floor PT. And in that course, I'll learn a ton about like um, energy deficiency syndrome, female athlete triad stuff, you know, pelvic health and a lot of cool kind of niche things around the female athlete there. And when I take that course and when I start treating that, I'm really excited to just like talk about it because it's such an underserved population. Mm -hmm. So Keep that in mind if if female athlete type of stuff yeah, is something sure. that would interest you guys. Awesome. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Right in right in. Is your microphone changing colors? That's pretty that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. It's, it, it's so I don't uh, lose attention. He's got <laughs> bad ADHD, so we try to keep the bright lights near him to keep the attention there. Love it. Um, guys, give me a smile. I gotta show I gotta show everybody that I'm hanging out with my good friend Bridget hey. here. <laughs> Love it. The Bridget man. Guys, all right. Well, I know Bridget's on that a, note. I know Bridget's obsessed with Grant, but like low key, she really low key, high key a stud. So hope like, the, <laughs> I hope the zoom dies out right now. Oh, we hear oh, no, that all the time. Too. Yeah, she never talks about it. Yeah, yeah. We literally chirp before it all the time, so it's good. <laughs> Dude, there's something about that place. We just all fucking love yeah, it. I should have worn like, my If you didn't here. go there, you just don't get it. Yeah, just don't get it. <laughs> all right, guys, all right. it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for reaching out, Bridget. Yeah, of course. Have a good night, Julie. Thanks so much. Yeah, you too, guys. See ya. All right, see take ya. care.